In front of me, I have got the first book I ever read on behavioural science and psychology. It's Robert Cialdini's classic book, Influence. Published way back in 1984, the book has sold well over 1 million copies. It's been published in 44 different languages, and it ultimately changed my life. As I read the book in the summer of 2017, I got inspired to learn more about behavioural science. While reading it, I scribbled down ideas of the things I wanted to try at work, tests I wanted to run, and eventually the idea to start this very podcast. Looking through the book now, there is one section which has more notes, more folded pages than any other. And it's the chapter on the first main weapon of influence, as Cialdini calls it. It's the chapter on reciprocity. Now, honestly, nothing about this concept of reciprocity surprised me. Cialdini writes how reciprocity is the idea that we feel inclined to return the favours of others. Someone does something nice to us and we return the favour. There's nothing particularly new about this. We all know this intuitively. What Cialdini revealed was just how powerful this concept is. He shares how Professor Philip Kunz received 200 Christmas cards from complete strangers simply because he sent them a card first. He shared how Professor Dennis Reagan increased raffle ticket sales by three times by offering unsuspecting students a bottle of Coke as a gift. And Cialdini shared a famous study on tips in restaurants when waiters say, for you nice people, here's an extra mint after handing over the bill, they receive 23% more tips than the average. Despite its simplicity, psychologists like Cialdini remain surprised at quite how powerful reciprocity is. Alvin Golder in 1960s, along with other psychologists, reported that all humans subscribe to the rule of reciprocity, regardless of their background or culture. It seems to be a defining principle in our evolution, a core part of human nature. And it's a principle that, as you'll hear today, has catapulted small businesses into some of the world's largest organisations and has helped my guest today create a $200,000 side hustle. All of that coming up after this quick break. The podcast I'd like to recommend today is the D2C pod, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The D2C pod is a podcast all about all the things direct-to-consumer. The hosts cover everything from starting, growing, and optimizing e-commerce stores and D2C brands. If you're interested in the stories behind your favorite consumer brands, this is a podcast for you. To start, I'd suggest checking out episode 318, which features the CMO of Feastables. So listen to D2C Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm talking to a full-time podcaster, a newsletter writer and course creator who built a $200,000 side hustle using one fairly simple nudge. Here he is introducing himself. My name is Jay Klaus. I'm the founder of Creator Science, which is a media company helping people become smarter creators. So I take a very data-driven, analytical approach to being a content creator. There are a lot of stories of content creators who have broken through by intuitively making really great things that work well, whether they had like the understanding of why it would work behind it or not. And there are a lot of people like me who want to be a content creator but just can't seem to... <laughs> Hit that, hit that perfect note. And so by taking a data-driven approach, I think that is a predictable, reliable means of becoming a professional creator 
without having to get lucky or, you know, going viral as a strategy. Jay creates a lot of content. Here he is walking me through exactly what he creates. So Creator Science, I have a weekly newsletter that I've been sending since 2017. I have a podcast, the Creator Science Podcast, that I've been publishing since 2020. And in 2022, I launched a membership community called The Lab, where it's a, it's a capped membership where there's 200 people in there, 200 professional creators. And that's a place where we are experimenting and growing together in public. You know, it's kind of a mind share, kind of a hive mind of professional creators sharing what's working well for them. Now, I wanted to look at The Lab. This is Jay's membership community. See, Jay only launched this thing a year ago, yet it easily makes up the bulk of his income. Here's how much it costs to get one of those 200 places in the lab. The, the lab is priced at $19.99 per year, so about $2,000 per year. There are two tiers, so that's the standard pricing. Uh, there's a VIP tier as well, that's $3,000 per year. And the difference between those two tiers is a quarterly one-on-one -on -one with me. And recently, when we hit our cap, I actually introduced a lower tier of membership that's $7.99 per year. That's all the educational materials. It just doesn't have access to the forum or direct messages. And memberships are somewhere between 50 and 60% of revenue right now. So far, the lab has made Jay $200,000 in revenue, but it's likely to reach $400,000 by the end of the year with 200 people paying him around $2,000 to be part of the community. You're probably wondering, like I was, how he managed to do this. How on earth did he convince 200 people to join? Well, a lot of it is down to reciprocity. Here's Jay explaining how he got his first customers. One of the interesting things that I don't talk about a lot, when I was designing the membership, I already had a little bit of a reputation as somebody who was good at online community. So I actually built a temporary community to watch me build the ultimate community. It was, hey, if you want to learn how to do online community, join this Discord that I'm putting together. And every week, I'm going to film an update about how I'm designing this community that I'm going to start in, I thought at the time, January. And the idea was, you join this Discord, it's going to be about three months that, that this thing will be active. And at the end of that, we'll have a community. If you want to join it, then great, you can. Um, so that actually took four months. They got an extra month on that. But there were people who were literally watching in real time as I made these decisions and designed the thing. So this is a smart strategy. It inspires reciprocity because Jay has given away content for free. By opening up the community for nothing, he's building this reciprocity with those in the audience, making them more likely to end up subscribing to the lab. This is a crucial element of the rule of reciprocity. For the rule to work, you have to give something away first. Cialdini shares a brilliant study with Dutch residents that shows just this. In the study, two groups of Dutch residents received a long survey about finances and were asked to complete it. The survey was long and dull. It was one of those surveys that you'd really rather not complete. So both groups were financially incentivized to fill it out. However, one group had been sent a letter in advance with the payment attached. They received the payment in cash before doing the survey. The other group were told they would receive the payment after doing the survey. Now, the payment was exactly the same for both groups. Both groups got the same amount of money. But turns out that the group that got the payment first was significantly more likely to complete the survey. Getting access to a reward early triggers reciprocity. It works for Dutch citizens and it works for Jay. 
and it also works for hotel guests in the States. In another Cialdini study, hotel guests in the United States encountered a card in their room asking them to reuse their towels. For half of the cards, extra information stated that the hotel had already made a financial contribution to an environmental protection organisation in the name of the guest. For the other half, it read that the hotel would make such a contribution after the hotel guests had reused their towels. So one had stated that they had already given a donation regardless of whether they reuse their towels or not. The other stated that they must reuse their towels in order to trigger this donation. Now, what do you think inspired people to actually reuse their towels uh, for the good of the environment? Well, I was kind of surprised because the before the act donation, the one where the donation was offered before the individual acted, proved 47% more effective than the after the act one. It made people 40% more likely to reuse their towels because it triggered reciprocity. You've almost certainly experienced this yourself. Think about the last time you walked around a grocery store or a market. You are probably offered a free sample. Well, those free samples are designed to trigger reciprocity. In one study, shoppers at a sweet store became 42% more likely to make a purchase if they'd received a gift piece of chocolate upon entry. Giving away a reward for free triggers reciprocity, and it's something Jay does repeatedly. Most of the things that I make are free. You know, I send now two weekly newsletters. I tweet every day. I post on LinkedIn every day. I publish uh, a podcast episode every week, maybe a YouTube video every two weeks. So most of the time, most of the things that you engage with when it comes to me are free things. And these free things are proven to persuade people. Take this 2018 study from Yi and Lee at Seoul University. They found that framing a promotion as a free gift instead of a bundle decreases the number of returns. So in their study, they tested multiple offers. For example, buy a smartphone for $500 and get a free speaker versus get a smartphone and a speaker for $500. Or buy a shirt for $50 and get a sweater for free versus buy a shirt and a sweater for $50. So in both scenarios, the, the offer is the same, $50 or $500 for your bundle. But in one of the scenarios, the second product in the promotion is, is framed as a free gift. And when it is, it made people two times less likely to return that product. There's something about getting something for free that triggers reciprocity and boosts our perceived value. And it works the other way around as well. One 2022 study titled Gift or Donation found that people donated more when asked for a gift rather than a donation. This was found over six experiments across the US, Europe, Hong Kong and mainland China. And in the study, people donated 25.1% more to the charity Action for Children when they were asked to give a gift to the charity rather than when they were asked to donate to the charity. Uh, similar studies were conducted in offices, in workplaces, and in these studies, 21.8% of employees were more likely to donate used books when the email asking them to donate was framed as a gift to village students rather than a donation to village students, and they also donated 94% more on average. So if you were trying to get people to donate, ask them for a gift, not a donation. Reciprocity, it seems, inspires action whether that's holding onto your free sweater that you'd rather not have or donating some old books. This reciprocity doesn't just help Jay get new customers, it helps him retain them too. Here's Jay explaining what you get once you join his community. 
When you join the lab, you get access to a community forum where you can communicate with all the other 199 members and myself. You also get access to all of the educational material that I've ever made and ever make. It gets posted there. Every month, I'm actually going to do this today, I record uh, a 30-minute retro, which is a look behind the scenes at how I'm running my business. I literally open up my profit and loss statement in QuickBooks and show you exactly how I'm making money, what I'm spending my money on, how much. Uh, but I also break through the goals I had that month, the lessons I learned, things that are going well, things that are not going well, and decisions that I'm making as a creator. So it's really just getting a really close look at the decisions that I'm making, typically uh, a step or two ahead of most members, uh, if not in totality, then in some aspect of my business. And people get to learn by that proximity and that access to me. Once people join the lab, they get access to things they weren't expecting, whether that's direct contact with other creators they didn't previously know, or these quarterly retros from Jay. This surprise reward boosts reciprocity. It reminded me of another study on reciprocity and charitable donations, and this is a study from 2007. Armin Folk from the University of Bonn sent 9,846 genuine letters asking for donations to a charity working in developing countries. So another reciprocity uh, study with donations, but this one is a little different. Some of the potential donors received only a letter with information about the charity, whilst others received the same message alongside a surprise reward. This was a pack of four postcards. So those who received the postcards were told this postcard is a gift from the children of Dakar and that it can be kept or given to others. Now, when they analysed the responses to the letter, there was a major difference in performance. Those who received the surprise gifts were significantly more likely to donate. Response rates rose by 75%. Alongside the uplift in responses, there was also an increase in the size of donations. The average donation rose by £3.65. This surprise gift encourages more people to donate. Those who donate, donate more. And it also encourages Jay's members to stay subscribed. In fact, Jay's onboarding is built around a surprise benefit that every new member receives. Something else that I do when people join the lab, they don't know this before they purchase, but the first thing that they see after purchasing access is a link to schedule a 30-minute one-on-one with me. And so immediately it's, it's okay, now I, now I get to talk to Jay directly. And those calls typically just become essentially like a, a coaching session or, you know, I, I want to like learn what each person is going through, what they're trying to achieve. And maybe I connect them to someone else in the community. Maybe I invite them to some event we have coming up. Maybe I point them towards some resource in the lab that helps. But typically we workshop something on that welcome call. And so their experience is, I just joined this thing. I just got 30 minutes of coaching from Jay. Then they go into the actual onboarding experience of the community itself, which I've put a lot of time into. It feels like it has a lot of care. I really strive to make this experience, especially really early on, stand out from what they've experienced before. This surprise one-on-one -on -one meeting is a reciprocity goldmine. It encourages people to stick around on the membership and stay subscribed for the full year. This stuff really works, and it's shown in another cracking study, this time from July 2022. 
It's called Do Handwritten Notes Benefit Online Retailers? It's a real-world experiment conducted with a South Korean online beauty retailer. In the study, the retailer tested sending a high-quality handwritten note to thank customers for their purchases. And I think it's very similar to Jay's surprise one-on-one call. You know, it's a personal note delivered in person or, or in writing by either Jay or in the, in the study, it's by a South Korean online beauty retailer. In the study, the researchers tested sending these different types of notes to 1,232 customers and then analysed their future spending. Here is the result. The people that received no note spent $25.97 in the future. The people that received a handwritten note spent $52.07 in the future. Essentially, it doubled the amount of those who received no notes. 200 people stay subscribed in Jay's membership for a whole year and I think it's because he consistently implements this principle of reciprocity by directly reaching out to people and thanking them for joining. Some of it I've I've automated in the first few months of your experience. I will have some automated messages that check in with them to kind of get a conversation going and that's that's mostly so that I can give people personal attention without having to think about it. Because if they respond to that, I'm going to see that notification. And now we've started a conversation. Personally reaching out to your audience is, in my opinion, criminally underused by businesses, because there is endless research that shows it works. There's one brilliant example from Chip and Dan Heath's book, The Power of Moments. They share a great example from the charity Donors Choose. Again, it's another charity study. I think charities have mastered reciprocity. But this is is really the probably the best example you hear of this today. Donors Choose lets teachers seek crowdsourced funding for their school projects. So for example, you or I might donate $250 for a new set of science books or 600 quid for new lab equipment. The unique thing about this charity is what happens one or two months after you or I or any other donor makes their donation. The donors will receive a package in the mail full of individually written thank you letters addressed to the donor by name from the students who they supported. Handwritten notes from the actual students who benefited from the donation. It's not only an incredibly sweet thing to do, but it's a huge logistical undertaking. In 2016 alone, Donor Choice sent 1 million thank you notes and needed 120 volunteers to help review all of these letters. But just like Jay and the South Korean online retailer found, these letters are worth the cost. In 2014, the team analysed the historical data and discovered that those who received the handwritten thank you letters were far more likely to donate the following year and ended up donating around $50 more than those who received no notes. Hopefully it's becoming clear that this weapon of influence, as Cialdini calls it, is genuinely useful. Leveraging reciprocity in your marketing isn't just a nice thing to do, it's a powerful business strategy. After the break, you'll hear how it hasn't only helped Jay grow his side hustle, but it's also helped launch some of today's largest companies. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's like trying to remember the name of someone you've just met at a networking event. I've made this mistake before, introducing a colleague to my new friend Dan, only to find out his name was actually Ian. 
Being personal with your customers is important, but keeping on top of all that information can be very hard. That's where HubSpot's all-new Service Hub comes in. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. It's got an AI-powered help desk and an AI-powered chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. Plus, it never forgets a first name. All of that can help you scale support and drive retention and revenue. That means better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com service to do more for your customers today. Okay, back to the show. Now, reciprocity isn't the only nudge Jay uses. You've probably noticed another one that he is taking advantage of. See, Jay only lets 200 people into his membership community. He actively turns people away. When I launched the lab, I knew a big part of the promise I'm making and the reason people would join is direct access and support from me. And I wanted to give that to them. When we got to about 50 people, I started to have a sense for what can I sustain with this promise? And 200 felt like the right number. What was important to me was, again, maintaining my relationship to the thing. And if, if this was 300 people, 400 people, I wouldn't have enough time. You know, that would eat into my creative time. This 200-person limit makes the membership more valuable. But still, responding to 200 people for your side hustle project isn't going to be easy. So how does Jay handle the demand? Well, interestingly, other members take the burden. Well, a lot of success in a community comes down to, can you create a culture where it doesn't depend on you? And I would look at that, I, I call it modeling. You know, if I want people to behave in a certain way, I need to model that behavior first as the most active, most invested member of the community. And so, you know, it, it probably took six months or so being the first response to every post, being as helpful as I could for other people to feel like, man, Jay's doing a lot. Like, let's give him a break. Maybe I can jump in here and be helpful from time to time. And now, you know, 15 months later, a lot of times other people beat me to the posts before I get there. And then that's good, but that's also not done, right? When when I see that somebody just spent 10 minutes of their day welcoming new members, making them feel good, I'm going to send them a message and say, hey, thank you so much for making these new members feel welcome. It goes a long way. It's reciprocity again in action. Other members feel compelled to return the favor and welcome new people, but only because Jay's offered so much of his time in advance. Now, Obviously, this is a very literal example of reciprocity. Jay helps people, they help him, he says thank you, the cycle continues. But there are some smart lateral ways you could apply this. Take this great example from Harry Dry's newsletter. It's for Hard Ketones, a seltzer beverage company. Here's what happens when you go to their site and make an order. Add a seltzer to your cart, add in your delivery details, but leave before buying. Well, Frank, the CEO, will send you a free seltzer on the house. It says that the cost of posting a can is $10. Not cheap. But he says that the majority of people who get the free gift feel the need to reciprocate and end up buying a subscription. For the company, on average, the lifetime value of a subscriber is $3,000. So this $10 expense easily pays for itself. It seems like extreme reciprocity, but it's just good business. 
Now, I should add, I tried this, and maybe it's because I'm in the UK, but it didn't work for me. I didn't get a free can. Uh, but perhaps it does work for you folks in the States, or perhaps it has become so popular that Frank has stopped being able to do this reciprocity hack. But regardless, this reciprocity tactic works, and it helped Jay build his $200,000 side hustle. Now, let's be honest. Reciprocity is obviously not the only strategy Jay used, but I still think it's a crucial part of his success. All too often, we ignore reciprocity, thinking it's not worth the effort. But companies that fully embrace it see genuine success. Just take loyalty programs. One of the very first brands to employ a loyalty program was a small flower maker from Minneapolis. The company wasn't big, it just operated in its local area with no real plans to grow. But they decided to do something no one had done before, at least no one in the industry. They decided to reward people for their loyalty. The company put coupons on their boxes of flour. The coupons, if kept and reused, would offer money off for a future purchase. Consumers were encouraged to collect coupons from the boxes for additional rewards during the period of the Great Depression. Buy a box of flour, get a coupon, redeem it later for a reward. It seems very standard now, but it was revolutionary back then. The idea that a flour company would reward you for loyalty was brand new in the 1920s. But this program, despite being novel, became very popular. So popular that it propelled the then small flower maker onto the national stage. The brand in question, well, it's none other than General Mills, the company that now generates $17 billion in revenue with 35,000 employees. It's no wonder Cialdini started his book by focusing on the reciprocity principle. It is a principle that really works. It encourages people to send strangers Christmas cards, subscribe for Seltzer subscriptions, and join Jay's course. All right, folks, that is all for today. Now, I can't do an episode on reciprocity without saying thank you for listening. I really appreciate all of your support. Genuinely, I do. I really appreciate all the five-star reviews, all the posts, everything else. So, So honestly, everyone, thank you so much. And I have decided to give you a free gift to say thank you. It's a bonus episode with Jay, a much longer episode where we get into a discussion about all sorts of things like how Jay has grown his business, his advice for other creators. That's particularly interesting seeing as he studies creators. And of course, what it takes to stand out online, something Jay is very good at. All of you can get access to this free bonus episode. And to do so, all you have to do is subscribe to my newsletter using the link in the show notes. Just click the link in the show notes, drop in your email address, and you'll immediately get access. It's my way of saying thanks. If you're already a subscriber, you should see the link in your email. If you don't, just click on the link in the show notes and drop your email in. You'll get access that way. You won't be subscribed twice. It is my way of saying thank you. Anyway, massive thank you also to Jay for coming on the show. If you've liked today's episode, you'll love his content. I've linked to all of it in the show notes. I'd especially recommend checking out his YouTube channel, which is brilliant. It's one of the best. So just search Creator Science on YouTube. As always, I'm Phil Agnew, your host. I will be back in one week for another episode of Nudge. And if anyone sends me a Christmas card, I promise to respond. My reciprocity-wired brain won't let me ignore it.